Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here, and this week we're joined on the podcast by Mets pre- and post-game host Wayne Rondazzo. And Wayne, thanks for stepping in for Anthony DiComo. He's usually here with us. Uh, he's off, and thank you so much for stepping in and, and taking some some time to talk about the Mets. Sure, Tim, no problem. We're going to try to keep this positive. I know that's not an easy thing necessarily right now, but we're going to do our best. So I'll start by saying the Mets beat the Diamondbacks on Tuesday night because that's certainly uh, been a struggle. One and four now on the year against a team that obviously they should be beating up. Three games back now in the wild card are the Mets. So despite everything that's gone wrong, Wayne, they're still in this thing, and maybe that's the positive spin, that if this team can kind of turn things around, start playing a little better baseball, that wild card berth is still there for the taking. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think the Mets, uh, when you look at their schedule, you still see seven games against the Marlins, and even three against the Cardinals. Those are next week in St. Louis, so the Mets will have some opportunities to make up ground head-to-head against those teams. And, and really, you, they'll still play a heavy dose of the Braves. They've got the Twins coming to City Field in September. So it's possible and it should be the case that the Mets do start to beat up on some of these weaker teams. They haven't really this year. And I think that as much as anything else has uh, caused their record to be a little bit below what they expected. So Noah Syndergaard gets the win on Tuesday night. Can't get out of the sixth inning though. And now that's seven straight starts in which he doesn't get through seven innings. Is that kind of the next step? I feel like for a starting pitcher, you get to the major leagues, you realize that you can get big league hitters out, you can pile up strikeouts, but at some point you got to be economical and be able to get deeper into games. And it seems like that's kind of one of the later things that come with young ace-type pitchers like a Noah Syndergaard. I think it's time he figures it out. Well, I think in, in uh, the case of Steven Matz, we've seen him have that struggle. He's been a guy who's typically uh, been a, a middle-innings pitcher, and that's been it. Syndergaard, though, I, I think this is more of a regression in some yeah. way because if you look back to last year, he was routinely pitching into the seventh and eighth innings, and it was something that he probably did uh, about 30 or 40% of his starts. And even in the first half of this year, he would get up into the seventh and eighth inning with regularity. So uh, I, I think it's more of just a, a later thing that's happened to him here these last 10 starts or so, or that really hasn't happened very much. And uh, for whatever reason, he's kind of lacked the confidence 
to put hitters away early to dominate the way that he did. I mean, you would see him have the strikeouts, but with much shorter counts than what you're seeing now. So for whatever reason, the slider hasn't been quite as sharp. The fastball has, has been good, but not putting hitters away with the movement that he, that he used to have at least earlier on in this season and, and all of last year. So it's just been a bit of a regression. Part of that could be just the fact that the innings from last year have caught up with him. He was the only guy who didn't show any effects of a long season coming back into the early part of this year. The others all did, and he really didn't. So maybe now this is his time to kind of just struggle through finding the uh, the dominance with his arm maybe not quite as fresh as it was. Yeah, building up that stamina as far as that total innings count from season to season, certainly something that the young pitchers have to get through. He did homer on Tuesday night, so continuing to make a push for the Silver Slugger Award, so that's good. Uh, Wednesday night, as we record this Wednesday afternoon, Wayne, it's John Neese on the hill uh, getting that start with the Mets again, although you look at the numbers out of the bullpen, you can't really say that he earned this chance, but it falls to him anyway. Um, give me a reason to be optimistic about what Jonathan Neese can give this team on Wednesday night. Well, the Mets believe that Neese, when he was in Pittsburgh, had a couple of things going against him. One, we know Ray Searich is a great pitching coach, but it uh, just didn't seem to gel with John Neese while he was there. Neese has had a long rapport with Dan Warden. They know each other. They respect each other. And I think John is happy to be working with Dan again. Uh, on the other side of that, too, is the fact that the Pirates, with their defensive shifting, uh, so much so that they really want their pitchers to pitch toward their shifts. And if that takes away your particular strength, then maybe you won't be as effective. And I think John Neese found that to be the case in Pittsburgh, that because of all the shifting that they were doing, he wasn't able to do what he normally likes to do on the mound, and the Mets will allow him to be more himself to, tonight. So I think John's excited to be back with the Mets. Uh, I think he's uh, he's ready to go out there and show that he can still be an effective starting pitcher at the major league level, and he'll have that opportunity. We were talking about the wild card race and obviously the Marlins, and they lose Giancarlo Stanton likely for the rest of the season. Meanwhile, the Mets hopefully getting Yoenis Cespedes back into that lineup on Friday. Um, he's been made some rehab starts down in the minors, getting ready to go. How much can this help Jay Bruce? Because you look at what Jay Bruce has had to kind of deal with here since coming to the Mets. I think he had better protection in the Cincinnati lineup than he's had in the Mets lineup in his short time. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the case. The Mets are, are one of the weaker offensive teams in all of baseball. I mean, the Reds actually are a better offensive team than the Mets are. So if you look at it, it's it's not terribly surprising from that standpoint that Jay Bruce has uh, had more protection with the Reds than he, than he did with the Mets so far. So I, I think Cespedes will help everybody. I think it will help the entire lineup. If Cabrera can come back soon after, which he's supposed to, then all of a sudden you're looking at a lineup that's a lot deeper. You, you probably will have Reyes at the top. Neil Walker will hit second in that, in that case. Then Cespedes and Bruce, and you can move Granderson down in the order where he's just not been producing near the top. Estrubal Cabrera will be in there. So I think the lineup just looks a, a lot fresher when you have everybody back as the Mets have struggled with these injuries all season. They just haven't been able to overcome them, and really it's been one after the other. Even even Walker last night had to be scratched from the lineup because of a stiff back. So on any given day, Jay Bruce is, is really one of two or maybe the only big power hitter in the Mets lineup, and with that coming up and, and changing soon, 
Uh, I think the Mets will have uh, at least a better recourse to feel like they'll score more runs and do a lot more damage than they've been doing. And, and of course, they hope that turns into victories as they uh, move closer toward the end of the season here, starting to run out of time. Yeah, and Walker was really carrying this offense for a stretch there. To lose him for a few games as he's day-to-day, that could hurt as well. And hopefully, as all these guys come back, hopefully this team can do something to lift up their average with runners in scoring position because nobody's been worse in baseball this year with runners in scoring position. In fact, you can look historically, and the Mets are making a run at at being an all-time worst team with with ducks on the pond, so to speak. Uh, 206 heading into Wednesday. The next worst team in baseball right now is actually the Yankees at 226. Now, I know a lot goes into this runners in scoring position, and a lot of it is luck, um, but... Has anything stood out to you watching this team night after night struggling to get runners home from second and third base? Anything stand out to you as a reason for it all, other than them not having good batters in the lineup, which is the obvious, I guess? Yeah, you know, I don't even think it's that because you look at a team like Atlanta who's also struggled this year offensively, and they're not even close to what the Mets are in, in this in this category. So I think a couple things. I think the first thing is that now it's become such a thing that it's it's really in their heads, and when they do have the opportunities come up, that they're even more, uh, you know, incapable because they're pressing in those situations. So I, I think it has kind of creeped up to be more of just a mental block at this point than anything else. I also think too that when you watch this team, you don't see guys change their approach very often. Neil Walker had a good two-strike, two-out hit to the opposite field the other day to score a run. That's not something this team does very much. They they tend to stick with what they're normally up there to do. If that if they're trying to pull a ball or or do some damage at the plate, a, a popular phrase around uh, the Mets, you see all these home runs. It's because they're trying to do damage. They're trying to bring in as many runs as possible in there at bat. And I think in those situations, it's actually been counterproductive that they are because they're trying to do something and, and pull a ball and, and, and try to hit an extra base hit or a home run, that they're just not taking the easy single the other way, and which would drive home a run or two. I mean, you should change your approach at some point, whether it's two strikes or two outs, and you in a base hit will score one or two runs. Instead of trying to hit an extra base hit or a homer, a single will do, and I think the Mets just have not been able to, to – kind of really talk themselves into that that a base hit is just as good as a as a home run in that situation yeah situational hitting can certainly go a long way and really once you get into these pressure games august september all of that is under the microscope just that much more all right wayne thanks so much for taking some time joining us stepping in this has been mlb.com extras our mets edition for wayne rendazzo i'm tim mcmaster tune in again next time mlb.tv premium the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years watch every out of market regular season game live or on demand in true hd real-time highlights live look-ins pitch tracking widget and more mlb.tv premium includes a free at bat 15 subscription watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices watch at home in the office or on the go every night on every device blackout and other restrictions apply visit mlb.tv for details it's blazing hot outside you get in your car to turn on the ac to get cold air pumping but it blows hot air out this issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the ac system you want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time ac pro recharge kits 
Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.